Everybody loves the touchdown. Throws to the back of the end zone, and it is touchdown by Holmes. The grand slam. Fly ball to center field. Ethier has done it again. It's a grand slam. The buzzer beater. Gets it to LeBron. For three for the win. Yes! But how did those players get to that moment? And who built the venue and signed the contracts? Each week, we dig into the business side of sports and give you the answers. This is Sports Business Radio. Now, from our studios in Portland, Oregon, with Sports Business Radio, here's your host, Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports. Glad you could join us this week. In our next segment, it's the Sports Business Radio headlines. In segment three... The rise and fall of USC and Ohio State football. Some big headlines around both programs again this week. Seems like they're making headlines every week now. We'll give you those in segment three. Then in segment four, this is an interesting debate. Are the Olympics a good buy on TV anymore? We saw NBC Comcast spent $4.3 billion, with a B, dollars, for the rights to the Olympic Games through 2014 to 2020 this week. I'm going to tell you why I don't think that's a good buy. That's coming up in segment four. A couple of other notes. Visit my Sports Business blog. Download the SBR podcast on demand. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com. You'll find the links, the widgets to be our friend on Facebook, to follow me on Twitter at SB Radio, or even on LinkedIn. We've got a group on LinkedIn now. So check all those out at sportsbusinessradio.com. Griggs, very competitive finals for the NBA and for the NHL. That's good news for both leagues. We'll get to the numbers for TV ratings in a moment. Yeah, definitely good competitive series, up and downs, uh, some rat ball in the NBA. Some of those closes of the games have been crazy, so it's been fun to watch both series. Well, and then the performance of LeBron James in Game 4, I believe it was, 8 points. And, you know, that lit up talk radio this week. And is LeBron really a superstar? Is he worth all these endorsement deals? Um, is he the global icon that he's uh, said he is? Lots of conversation around that. That's been interesting as well. All right. Sports Business Radio headlines coming up next. We'll be right back. This is SBR. Back with more after this. Just stop. There's nothing you can do or say. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is David Stern. He's the commissioner of the NBA. It is always a pleasure, Brian. Bill Hancock, he's the executive director of the Bull Championship Series. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. My guest is Mickey Loomis. He's the executive vice president and general manager of the world champion New Orleans Saints. Pleasure to be with you guys. Mr. Allen, thanks for joining me. Thank you. My guest is Mark Emmert. He's the president of the NCAA. Oh, happy to join you. My pleasure. My guest is Eric Spolstra. He's the head coach of the Miami Heat. Brian, appreciate it. Glad to to be on the show. Mr. Nicholas, it's an honor to have you on Sports Business Radio. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Brian. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our free iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio. 
It's time, baby. Special news bulletin. At Sports Business Radio, we're always on top of what's happening in the world of sports. And each week, we break down the stories you need to know about. This is Headlines. I want to be in the headlines. On Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio. Headline number one. Griggs, I feel like this starts us off every show now, but it's the work stoppage update. The NFL in a work stoppage. The NBA headed towards a work stoppage. Good news if you're an NFL fan. The NFL and the former NFL PA, they're resuming very serious talks this week. They met in New York. We remember they had those secret meetings in Chicago last week. The good news here, Griggs, is... The mediators and the judges have basically said, you guys need to work this out because if you don't, you're not going to like it if you leave this to the court system. So go lock yourselves in a room, have some very serious discussions, because if you can't figure this out on your own, you're not going to like the result when you ask us to figure it out for you. I think the NFL owners and the players have taken that very seriously. And that's good news, I mean, because like you said, the warning ahead of, ahead of time like that is a good sign, and that they're meeting again this week is another good sign. It's just like, I mean, as a fan, you're like, come on, get this over with. Let's play some ball. The other thing that gets the attention of the owners and the league, there's a report this week that ticket sales down 53% from the same time a year ago. Griggs, it used to be, you know, you have eight home games a year if you're an NFL team throwing some preseason games. It was easy for you to sell out your games. NFL is a golden ticket. If sales are down 53% from the same time a year ago, that's very concerning. And for the first time, we have tangible evidence that this work stoppage is hitting people in the wallet. Yeah, and I saw a poll uh, just this morning I was reading, and it said 27% of people are, if the season is starts and it's only like half a season, aren't going to go. So, I mean, you, you got people saying that too, where, you know, they don't want the, they don't want to buy into a, you know, a half game season or a half season type thing. They want the full deal. As we've said all along, look, the NFL is a $9 billion a year league, a lot of money to divide. I think they're going to figure it out. I really do. I'm going to be very surprised if any games are missed. So I'm very encouraged about the NFL situation. I'm not as encouraged about the NBA situation and the rhetoric that you hear this week about how the sides are very far apart. I just don't see, Griggs, how we don't have a work stoppage. Don't forget, June 30th is when the collective bargaining agreement expires and I think this is going to go on for a long time. You know, we can do a whole show sometime soon, I'm sure, when they go into work stoppage mode on what the main issues are. But they are so far apart in those issues. There's this gulf in between the owners and the players. And as I said last week, there's a gulf in between the owners, the big market owners and the small market owners. I don't think they can figure everything out by June 30th. I will be shocked if there's not a work stoppage. Yeah, I think it's a much bigger gap, I think, in the NBA than it was in the NFL. And like you said, you got a lot more differing opinions, more people involved, and it yeah, it doesn't look good as of now. And June 30th is just around the corner, too. I mean, that's coming up quick. Other news from the NBA this week, our next headline, Comcast Spectacor Chair Ed Snyder. Rumors on the street, he's going to sell the Philadelphia 76ers 90% of the team, and the value on the deal would be 270 to $290 million. So Snyder would relinquish majority control of the franchise, which he's owned since 1996. This is interesting to me. I mean, Philadelphia, a big market, 
Comcast, you know, has owned this team. Um, they don't want to be in the in the NBA ownership business anymore. And I guess you could read into this a few ways. You could say, well, they're selling the team now because they're not so sure of the future and the CBA agreement that may be made and they want to get out now. Or, you know, if you're the guys buying this team, you're like, hey, I'm getting this at pretty good value. And I feel that there's going to be a an owner-friendly CBA that's going to be put in place in the future that's going to help big market and small market teams. So I feel much better about owning a team going forward. I'm not sure which it is, but uh, interesting timing here as we approach the uh, end of the collective bargaining agreement in the NBA. Yeah, it is an interesting uh, timing, like you said, and I think it's kind of a kind of a risk on both sides of it. I mean, you're selling a team that has you know this guy's owned it for so long since 1996 and getting out of it, but then you know. Hey, the NBA agrees to a great agreement. The season keeps going. We've seen ratings are higher than ever. Fans are loving the game. This could be a good deal and a bad deal at the same time. Who knows? So we'll keep our eyes on that situation. 76ers, obviously a prominent team in the NBA. Our next headline, University of Tennessee AD Mike Hamilton announced his resignation this week after eight years. What a debacle for him. I mean, he hires uh, Lane Kiffin. And just one of the worst hirings we've seen in recent years in college football, who leaves him after a year to go to USC. There's all kinds of talks about uh, illegal goings-on at Tennessee under Lane Kiffin. Bruce Pearl forced out at Tennessee. That turned out to be an ugly situation. And, you know, there's just all kinds of things going on where it looks like Tennessee's going to be hit hard by the NCAA because of what's happened in football and basketball. And Hamilton, his time had run out at Tennessee. I mean, he couldn't have any credibility left. He didn't have any credibility left. Yeah, and Tennessee's just a mess as a whole. I mean, basketball, football, it's just been a kind of a history the last couple of years, especially, of them just kind of going down the toilet bowl, and uh, it just keeps getting worse, and hirings and firings, and the coaches going, and, and the media stuff. It's crazy for them. But as we see in everyday life, whether it's a CEO with a golden umbrella or a guy like Mike Hamilton, even though he's resigning, he's going to receive $1.3 million in buyout money over the next three years. Also, this is important, he has the right to eight lifetime complimentary season tickets for UT football and basketball, as well as parking permits. <laughs> Griggs, that's important. You screw up our program, but we're going to pay you to leave, and we're going to give you lifetime season tickets for football and for basketball. We'll even throw in a parking spot. <laughs> Not a bad gig. I, I like that. And you know what? It must be tough, too. You're, you're out of a, a job. In the next three years, you're getting a paycheck in the mail every, every you know, whatever for a job you're not even doing. Not bad. It's unbelievable. I mean, the world that we live in. Yeah, I won't go into this, but I've got to say this. How about Wienergate this week? I mean, my <laughs> God, are you kidding me? There couldn't be a better story. A guy named Wiener sends a picture of his wiener, and then he denies it. And it's just it's too funny. You can't write this kind of stuff, Griggs. The media just it's one of those where you're like, is this really happening? Because I mean, it's just <laughs> the headlines write themselves. They you do. don't even have to work. <laughs> I mean, if you're a writer for Comedy Central or for Letterman or Leno this week, you had to do no work around this. All you have to do is read that headline and, and you get some laughs. Unbelievable. Our next headline, Tiger Woods revealed on Twitter this week two things. One. He's not playing in the U.S. Open, which is very bad news for the PGA, the U.S. PGA, and for NBC, who's broadcasting the U.S. Open. 
The other thing he revealed is that he's going to stick with his longtime agent, Mark Steinberg, who has left IMG. We told you that last week. Tiger officially announced he's leaving IMG. He'd been with them since he started his career back in 1996. So interesting move there. But, you know, here's another case, I guess. It's, we saw Shaq last week announce he's retiring on Twitter. Tiger announces he's not playing in the U.S. Open on Twitter and that he's staying with his agent, Mark Steinberg, who's left IMG on Twitter, Griggs. Yeah, it's an easy way to announce things. You don't have to worry about, you know, media. You can sit in your living room and, oh, by the way, I'm not playing in the U.S. Open, <laughs> you know. And, yeah, it's a big it's a big gash for the PGA. Though. I mean, that's a, that's a big tournament and uh, draws a lot of viewers, and that's going to hurt big time. This is one of those stories, our next headline, that kind of flies a little bit under the radar, but this is such an enormous deal in China, who has a bazillion consumers. Li Na became the first Chinese player to win a Grand Slam singles title. She won the French Open this last week. You watch, Griggs. This is going to open a lot of doors for tennis in China, much like Yao Ming opened lots of doors for basketball in China when he played in the NBA. I think there's going to be a lot of people playing tennis. I've been to China, and if they have athletes who are champions in their sport, it results in not only interest in you're buying their products, but it also results in people wanting to play because they want to be that person. You want to be the next Li Na. You want to be the next Yao Ming. And I think it's going to change the way tennis is marketed and sold in China, which as we've talked about many times on this show, just an enormous country with lots of potential for consumers. And we've seen the Chinese people just are ready to soak up sports. I mean, anything, like you said, when there's a champion, they just go crazy over it. I mean, Yao Ming we've seen, and yeah, I think with tennis, it's going to just grow big time over there. And she's such a likable player, too. The fan loves to watch her play and loves to watch her win because she's fun. Yeah, I mean, we remember last year uh, where she was interviewed, uh, or actually it was earlier this year at the Australian Open, and she talked about her husband snoring, and she got no sleep the night before. I mean, she's very personable and funny. And I would bet Nike, who she's with, is going to activate around her even more in China. If they don't, they're crazy because she's gold over there now being a champion and winning the French Open this past week. All right. Coming up next, Ohio State USC football. Prominent programs, national titles. They are really in scandal right now. Lots of things going on there. Some news around those programs this week. We'll get to that next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Podcast this show and any other past SBR episode at sportsbusinessradio.com. Back with more SBR after this. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. Well, I'm dusting off my golf clubs and looking forward to enjoying the gorgeous Oregon summer weather on the golf course. Like many of you, I'm on a budget. I want to tee it up when it's convenient for my schedule, and I enjoy playing golf courses that deliver a private golf club experience. That's why I want to tell you about the Ghost Pass at Pumpkin Ridge Golf Club. The Ghost Pass is Oregon's premier frequent player program that allows you to play the world-renowned Ghost Creek Golf Course for over half off of the regular greens fees. And with your Ghost Pass, you can make your tee times 14 days in advance. The Ghost Pass program sets itself apart by offering a competitive tournament program, which includes one exclusive Ghost Pass event at Witch Hollow. The Ghost Pass is available for only $150, and here's the best part. When you sign up for the Ghost Pass, you'll receive a complimentary round of golf valued at $150. 
so you literally can't lose when you purchase the Ghost Pass. Go online to PumpkinRidge.com and sign up for the Ghost Pass today. I'll see you on the links. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. Well, Griggs, if we look at the college football landscape over the last 10, 15 years, uh, two of the most dominant programs, both on the field, but then off the field with revenues generated from ticket sales, merchandise sales, licensing, um, broadcast sales, all that kind of stuff. It's USC and Ohio State. Well, we know of the troubles at USC. We know that they've been placed on probation. And we know that recently the NCAA rejected USC's appeals of sanctions stemming from the Reggie Bush investigation. Well, this past Monday, the BCS stripped USC of its 2004 national title. And the BCS ruling vacated the results of the 2005 Orange Bowl, the national title game for 2004, which they trounced Oklahoma. Um, Also, the Trojans' participation in the 2006 Rose Bowl, in which USC lost to Texas 41-38. So, um, you know, I've never been a big fan of stripping people of records or of results of games or anything like that. It's like we all saw that USC trounced Oklahoma in that Orange Bowl and that they were the best team on the field. What is taking that away going to do today? I mean, the players that are there now aren't going to go, hey, you know, remember that game back in 2005? Well, we're going to act differently now or we should be penalized now for something that happened you know, six, seven years ago. It just doesn't make any sense. It's like, you know, when you take things away, Reggie Bush, he's no longer the Heisman Trophy winner. Well, he was the best player in college football that year. You can say that, you know, he wasn't and take his Heisman away, but we all saw that he was. So, you know, I understand what the BCS is trying to do here. They're trying to make it so that um, people in the future don't cheat. And if you do, we're going to take your BCS title away. We're going to take your Heisman Trophy away from you if you are part of the Heisman Trust. I get that. But when I see these stories, I just kind of look at them and go, you know, I understand what they're trying to do, but they really don't make much sense. Yeah, I agree with you uh, 100% because, yeah, it's like, what does it matter? You know, these guys, the players that are playing there now, they, you know, they were in high school or younger when this stuff happened, and it's not a big deal to them. But like you said, I think it is the big footprint from the BCS saying, hey, this is, I mean, it, it is a big thing they did on Monday. It's a big thing. And it was huge all week long, and it's showing people and universities and coaches and staff that, hey, we're, we're stepping our game up. We're trying to, to make more of a presence in getting this cheating to stop. So here's what Bill Hancock, the executive director of the BCS, said. We've had him on this show several times. He says, The BCS arrangement crowns a national champion, and the BCS games are showcase events for postseason football. One of the best ways of ensuring that they remain so is for us to foster full compliance with NCAA rules. Accordingly, in keeping with the NCAA's recent action, USC's appearances are being vacated. So... You know, that's his statement, and it goes back to the point we just made that the NCAA, the BCS, they don't want this to happen again. They're trying to make an example by using USC as that example. I just think, you know, I'm not going to go back in my mind and go, wow, maybe Oklahoma was the best team that year because they got trounced by USC, but USC's taken – had their title taken away. We saw Bob Stoops, Oklahoma's coach, come out this week and say, we don't want that BCS title. 
And and that's good for him because I mean, do you want something? You got your butt kicked in that game, and are you gonna go? Hey, they lost it, so let us have the little plaque that we can put in our lobby of our athletic department and claim that we're national champions, even though we lost, I think, fifty-five to fourteen in that game. Yeah, it's probably the first time I've agreed with Stoops, but uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, you don't want that. You want to you want that to go away because it was it was a trouncing. So you don't want to take that. And I think they shouldn't. You know, when when they take something away from somebody else, that should just be the end of it. They shouldn't give it to somebody else or whatever like that just end it and, and strip it from who, the, who you strip it from and make it be done with it the other big story this week is Terrell Pryor out at Ohio State and if you listen to my conversation with Charles Robinson last week both of us discussed that we had thought that Terrell Pryor had played his last game even though there were some reps around him that said oh no he's coming back he's going to serve his five game suspension and he'll come back after that First of all, there's no way in the world that guy is sitting out five games and then coming back. He, he's not a guy that sees the value of taking some additional snaps down the stretch of uh, the latter half of the season. The other thing is, as we found out this week, there's mounting evidence that this guy's cheated left and right. So he wasn't going to have status anyways to remain an amateur athlete. And, you know, one of the stories that came out this week is that he made thousands of dollars autograph, autographing memorabilia in 2009 and 10, um, this was told to ESPN's outside the lines. And the signings for cash, which would obviously be a violation of NCAA rules, occurred a minimum of 35 to 40 times, netting prior anywhere from $20,000 to $40,000 that year. First of all, illegal. Secondly, uh, I'm sure the IRS will find this interesting because that's twenty dollars to $40,000 worth of income that I'm sure was never reported. And then, you know, obviously, it's an NCAA rules violation. So uh, what was he thinking? I mean, you know, again, there are guys out there that are narcissists, and, and we've seen them in all walks of life. But I just, wow. I mean, this is one of those stories you just shake your head. And now you see, well, he's trying to play in the CFL, or he's trying to play in the UFL. I tweeted something this week. Keep your eyes on this. Terrell Pryor and LeBron James are buddies via their Ohio connection. LeBron James has a marketing company called LRMR Marketing. Chris Paul's one of his clients. Ted Ginn Jr., who plays for the Niners, is one of his clients. Uh, Maverick Carter goes out and signs people. They want to rep athletes, even if it's just for endorsement deals. You watch. They're going to make a, a hard play for Terrell Pryor. Don't be surprised if Terrell Pryor signs with LRMR Marketing for representation. That would, uh, yeah, that wouldn't shock me at all. And back to him signing autographs for money. Um, yeah, it's like the that's like the number one do not do. I mean, it's the the simple one. Like, okay, I can't sign autographs. Okay, got that one. And he goes out and makes forty grand on on these autographs. Unbelievable. And yeah, the the smartest tool in the shed. I don't think so because I mean he's bumping around with eight cars. He's got. I mean, the the list just keeps growing of of his violations. Well, yeah. I mean, if you just look at this as a an outsider who's not that well-versed on the rules of college sports, you're going to do what you just did. Well, let's see. The guy's had eight cars in three years. He's signing autographs at $500 to $1,000 a pop. He's making twenty dollars to $40,000 a year annually. And wait a minute, he's an amateur? I mean, there's red flags everywhere here, Griggs, and it's amazing that these guys just don't think that they're going to get caught. So now Terrell Pryor has said, well, 
you know, if there's an NFL supplemental draft in July, I'm going to be a part of that. Most people don't think he's going to be a quarterback at the next level. They think he'd probably be a tight end or something like that. But, you know, does this guy even have a career in the NFL? Are there GMs that are going to go, well, I'll take a risk on that guy? Or are they going to go, you know what, this guy's got red flags everywhere. And look at his past at Ohio State. Um, he doesn't have the best reputation amongst teammates and coaches. Is this a guy that I want to put on my football team and stick in my locker room? Or do I not want to take that risk? That's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, it will be. And I say a big no. I would never want this guy on my team, but you never know. I mean, if there's a team that needs a spot, like you said, he might be a tight end or a wide out or something other than a quarterback, then maybe he'll fit in there. But yeah, just just his vibe and how he carries himself and how his teammates say he is, I just don't think he's going to be a good fit for a team. For the UFL or the CFL, I can see how they take a chance. I mean, he's a big name. Yeah. You know, he can bring marquee value to your league. Um, you know, I, you're not going to have to pay him nearly as much as you would if you're an NFL franchise. So I can see why they would take a risk. But I think if I'm an NFL team, this guy is flammable. And unless you've got a real good coaching staff and locker room where you can bring him in and you know you can keep him in line, um, I don't know that you take the risk on someone like him. And here's a guy... You know, he was amongst the favorites for the Heisman Trophy last year, and um, he's won two BCS games in his career. Um, He had good stats at Ohio State. He was highly recruited out of high school. But here's a guy that obviously has been told his whole life, you're the greatest, and the rules have been different for him, and he took full advantage of those rules. But Griggs, the bigger story here with USC and Ohio State is – That is the world we live in today. And I got so many emails and Twitter messages from people this week. Everyone's cheating. I agree that most major college programs are cheating to some degree. The question is, are you being sloppy like Jim Tressel was, where you're leaving a trail of emails? Are you out there signing autographs and getting paid $500 to $1,000 for a, a mini helmet? You know, are you doing this in a, in a public fashion or are you doing it in a way that's much harder to document? And that's the way, that's what separates the programs that are getting caught from the programs who aren't getting caught, at least right now. Right now, you're correct. And it's just one of those things. It's like, how, how deep is the BCS and the NCAA going to dig into all these schools? I mean, you can go back in the past and get probably any university, but I think at some point they got to start looking at the present and what's going on now and not, not digging deep, 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 but you know, correcting stuff that's happening now and fixing it as it's happening, if they can. And this is a very tough look in the mirror for the NCAA and the BCS, because when you're bringing down marquee programs like USC and Ohio State, and we haven't seen the ruling on Ohio State yet, but you're tarnishing your brand. I mean, these are the teams that make big money for you. These are the teams that sell lots of merchandise. These are the teams that everyone tunes in to watch on TV. So, When you're punishing these programs, you're essentially kicking yourself in the leg as well. And it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, just today in our show, we've talked about Tennessee and their AD and the the things that went down with football and basketball there. USC, Ohio State, these are big programs. This isn't Boise State or, um, you know, some of the smaller programs, Central Florida, that are out there. So it's going to be interesting to watch this. All right, coming up next... Comcast and NBC paid $4.3 billion this week for the rights to the Olympics on TV and digitally from 2014 to 2020. I don't think it's a good buy, and I'll tell you why next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. I'll be right back. 
Stay in the know at sportsbusinessradio.com. Podcasts, blogs, and more. SBR will be right back. That they want to count you up. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. It's no secret that we're battling a tough economy these days. It's more difficult than ever for companies to position their brand in a unique way and reach their target audience. Sports Business Radio can help you, though. Sports Business Radio is syndicated in markets nationwide. Our popular podcast is regularly rated in the top 100 business news podcasts on iTunes and has listeners around the world. But our radio network and podcast aren't the only places your company will receive exposure when you join our family of sponsors. We'll also give you exposure via sportsbusinessradio.com and at our new Sports Executive Speaker Series events, which feature a conversation with a key decision maker from the world of sports in front of a live audience. And best of all, we can expose your product to the big-name guests that appear on our show. We'd love to have you on our team. Please contact me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com or at 503-701-2215 if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of Sports Business Radio. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. We're back, and you probably saw this week that NBC and Comcast, which are now you know one company, paid $4.3 billion to keep the U.S. rights to the Olympics through 2020. So these rights are basically Griggs from 2014 to 2020. And when I talk about 2020, I know we're in, you know, 2011 right now, but I feel like, you know, it's going to be the Jetsons and people like that seems so far into the future, but I know it's really not that far in the future. So these kinds of conversations are taking place. But NBC outbid Fox, who was the next closest proposal, by a billion dollars. So here's the breakdown of what NBC is going to pay for the games. This is according to uh, the Sports Business Journal. So they're going to pay $775 million in 2014. They're going to pay $1.2 billion in 2016, $963 million in 2018, and then $1.4 billion in 2020. And keep in mind now... You know, NBC, they've got verses under their umbrella. You know, this is going to be over a number of different networks. You're going to have digital platforms involved. By 2020, everyone's going to be watching this on their iPad and their mobile devices. The other thing that was very good news to me is it sounds like NBC is finally going to carry the games live. I mean, Griggs, remember in the past we've talked about how you know, something that happened 12 hours ago was tape delayed. And in the world we live in today with the internet and Twitter and things being so immediate, to try and keep results a secret for 12 hours? Forget about it. So, you know, especially we're here on the West Coast. We weren't seeing anything live. And it's really frustrating. So if they do that and go live with their programming... Um, I think that will make a lot of people happy. Yeah, I think that might be one of the reasons they they signed this big deal is because I think they see more live broadcasts in the future. I think the digital platform 
you know, they're going to show more online through the through your iPads and, and your phones and everything. I think that's going to keep people more tuned into it. I mean, I love the Olympics. I'm glad NBC does it because they've they've done it so many years that you kind of become accustomed to it. You know, your Bob Costas and all your anchors, and you you look forward to those calls from from the events. So. On that side of it, I'm happy they're doing it. I don't know if it's the best deal, but I'm I'm hoping it is for them because I love having them. I love the Olympics. I love them live, and it's going to be good for that. So, NBC lost a reported $250 million with the 2010 Vancouver Winter Olympics. You know, we know we're in a tough economy. We know that selling sponsorships is a more difficult task than it's ever been before. We've talked about that with the Super Bowl, with March Madness, Events of that nature. Griggs, here's why I don't think $4.3 billion is a good buy for NBC Comcast. Number one, you lost money last time out, like I just told you, $250 million. I think you're going to have a hard time making $4.3 billion pencil out. Now, you know, you've got Comcast now, and Comcast has Versus and the Golf Channel and 11 regional sports network. So you're in a better position than you were in 2010. I get that. Um, NBC has their family of networks and stations, USA and and other channels. So, you know, you can spread this out across a variety of platforms. That's good. But, you know, the selling of the sponsorships and making this pencil out to $4.3 billion, I mean, you don't want to just break even. You want to make more money. In an ideal world. That's one thing. But here's the biggest thing about spending with the Olympics. It used to be in the 70s and 80s that there wasn't global competition. The United States athletes weren't competing against the athletes from Russia unless it was the Olympics. And everyone sat in front of their TV and they said, we want to see if our best is better than your best. And it was a real happening. And every four years, you look forward to that competition. Plus, it's national pride. Now, in the world we live in today, whether it's tennis, the PGA, the NBA, Major League Baseball, all of these sports, there's global competition. Whether it's the World Baseball Classic, whether it's every week on the PGA Tour, where it's an international field that's competing against each other, international fields in tennis. I think it's, you know, 20 to 25% of the NBA is made up of foreign players, so you've got international competition there. There's no more unique aspects about having international competitions just for the Olympics. It's happening every day. So, you know, I don't get excited about watching the Olympics like I used to because I'm seeing international competition on a, on a daily basis. That's a great point. I haven't really thought about it like that, but you're, you're right. I mean, you, you turn on the NBA and you're seeing the same players you're going to see in the Spain game when they play USA. I mean, it's kind of, it has that similar Right, and they're, you know, they're changing uniforms, so you're seeing Pau Gasol and uh, Rudy Fernandez and a few others, uh, Rubio competing for Spain against... You know, Kobe Bryant. So you have guys who are teammates like Gasol and Kobe who are split up and uh, Tony Parker and Tim Duncan and things like that. But to me, that's like, it's not that exciting. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I, I still go back to the, I think the live thing is huge. I think if they can really push that they're going to do stuff live, as, as me as a fan of the Olympics, that's something I want to tune in for because the Olympics have that 
that moment, you know, those big moments, the miracle and stuff like that, that you tune in for. And if those are live, I think that's going to get an audience more in tune to it. I just, I really do. I mean, we saw the Winter Olympics. It was USA and Canada in the gold medal game and good ratings, but still, you know, NBC lost $250 million. That's the bottom line here. I mean, you've got to look at this if you're Brian Roberts, the CEO of uh, Comcast and the chair. This is a business deal. And you're looking into the future. We've talked about the NCAA March Madness deal, you know, where they have CBS and they've got TNT and all the Turner properties. And you're trying to look into the future, in their case, 14 years. In this case, you know, you're looking ahead to 2020. And what does the world look like then? Larry Scott, who we had on a few weeks ago, he's making deals into the future for the Pac-12. And, you know, are you going to get the same market value because you're making a deal based on what's going to happen 10, 14 years in the future. One of the things that really stood out to me, I read all these reviews about how NBC's presentation, so there was NBC, there was Fox, there was ESPN, ABC, they all presented to the Olympic Committee for TV rights and digital rights. And I oh, NBC's presentation was just one of the best I've ever seen. I didn't see any of the presentations, but I know when you got to the end of the presentation and it said that NBC was going to pay a billion dollars more than anyone else? If I'm sitting in that room, I'm going, let's see, a billion dollars more than everyone else, and we just keep on keeping on with the same network that we've built a relationship with that's been doing the last several Olympics? No-brainer. Let's make the deal with the group that's paying the most and the one that we have an established relationship with. Yeah, but NBC's got to see something. To outbid by a billion dollars of the nearest competitor, Fox, I mean, that is a big Well, amount. but here's the other thing, too. Dick Ebersole is no longer at NBC, as we know from a few weeks True. ago. Is this a bad move? I mean, we talk all the time, Griggs, about remember when Tom Hicks and the Texas Rangers paid A-Rod $252 million when the next closest bidder was the Seattle Mariners, who were offering $150. i am not saying NBC Comcast is Tom Hicks, but you definitely raise an eyebrow and go, wait a minute here, a billion dollars more than your competitor? I mean, if you would have given, you know, $100 million more, maybe they would have gone to it. Are you going to make that billion dollars, not a million, a billion with a B, are you going to make that pencil out? I scratch my head at that. Yeah, you're right. I just kept, I keep thinking of Austin Powers, a million dollars, change <laughs> yeah. it to a billion dollars because yeah, it is an amazing amount of money for something that has been losing money consistently lately. So I don't know. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see how this comes out when we do our show in 2020 and see, That's right. and see what's going on. You know, unbelievable. Who knows? I'll be in a rocking chair yeah. by that. <laughs> Well, it just—it seems so far away, but it's only nine years away. It'll be here fast too. God, I'll be fifty-one years old. Oh my lord, I can't even imagine being fifty. <laughs> I couldn't imagine being forty. Now we're talking about being fifty. Jeez, this is going to be interesting. The other part of this, I, I think the the part that we can't quite pinpoint yet is the digital element of this. You know, what is this going to look like with? activation of this on your iPad, on your mobile device, um, who's going to pay for rights to those, or not rights to those, but like to be sponsors of those. If they can really get people on board with that, which you would think they would be able to in the next few years, because we've already seen the explosion in, in social media and digital rights and all that kind of stuff. It, it could work. Yeah, and it could. And you've seen, and we've seen McDonald's. They've been a huge one with the Olympics, and they've been on for years. And you know they're probably going to be solid with them. And that's something that they've, when, when you see around the Olympic times, McDonald's really markets it 
well with the Olympics. So they, if they can get some big names like that, like McDonald's and something else to do the digital side of it, you know, maybe a Verizon or some big carrier that covers it, that could be big for them. Here's the other thing with NBC. They had to have this deal. They don't have anything else. They don't have Major League Baseball. I mean, they've got the NHL, and I know I'll get the NHL people calling me right now going, they, you said they didn't have anything else. They've got the NHL. The NHL is drawing crickets on TV. Yes, their ratings have spiked up a little bit in the last few years. Yes, the ratings are good right now for Stanley Cup, but it's still a fraction of what you're getting for the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, and, and you know the big three, as I would call them. There's not a big four anymore. NHL is not part of the big four. But NBC, you know, they've got Sunday night football. They don't really have anything else. This is how you identify them with sports is the Olympics. So they had to have this. ESPN and Fox, especially ESPN and ABC, had said, look, we were willing to go to a certain number, but we didn't think it was good business sense to go beyond that number. Obviously, they felt like $4.3 billion was too much to pay for this. Plus, you know, you look at Fox and you look at ESPN, ABC, and what they're already spending money on, college football and other things, you know, they're leveraged in other ways that NBC wasn't leveraged. And NBC had a little bit of money here, but NBC had to have this deal, Griggs. Yeah, and like you said, Fox and ESPN, they, they have other um, you know entities out there. They don't need this like NBC because it's kind of NBC's thing. I mean, you, everybody knows Olympics are on NBC because it's been that way for so long. And you know, I think, like, like you said, they need it. The other thing that I wonder is, so Dick Ebersol left, and a lot of people think, hey, all the NBC sports credibility is out the door when he walks out the door. How much of this is we're going to overpay for this just to show that we can still be viable even without Dick Ebersol? That's a question that you should ask yourself as well. All right, coming up next, a great story as we put a bow on this end of Sports Business Radio. Great story in the sports world this week. Caught my attention. I'll share that with you next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Stay in touch with SBR on Twitter. Twitter.com slash SB Radio. This is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. Every championship team has one thing in common, good coaching. And I want to be your coach, your media coach. When I'm not hosting Sports Business Radio, I team with former Nike PR director Lee Weinstein to form New School Media Coaching. New School Media Coaching uses a fresh and interactive approach for educating our clients about dealing with today's media landscape. Whether you're an athlete, a coach, or a front office executive in the sports or business world, we'll prepare you for communications with the masses in today's social media world where everything is on the record. And just like any good coach, we'll help you practice your new skills and we'll be there to provide constructive feedback every step of the way. With a combined 40 years of experience, we're veteran coaches, but we use a new school approach. For an overview and a list of our services, visit newschoolmediacoaching.wordpress.com or email me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com. This is Sports Business Radio. The Major League Baseball draft was this last week, and you may have missed this story, but I thought it was one of the classiest things I've seen in a long time in sports. 
The Texas Rangers drafted Georgia baseball player Jonathan Taylor, who was partially paralyzed after breaking his neck during a collision in a game against Florida State on March 6th. He was drafted in the 33rd round. He's a great kid. He's going through a terrible time in his life. We thought this would be something to uplift him. Kip Fagg, the Rangers director of amateur scouting, told ESPNDallas.com. I've seen the kid play since high school. He was a great player at Georgia. Taylor is completing rehab at the Shepherd Spinal Center in Atlanta. He's paralyzed from the waist down, but showing signs of improvement. What a classy move, Griggs. I mean, you know, they took a pick on this kid. I mean, this kid isn't going to play. And maybe, you know, he'll walk again, which would be terrific. But I just thought, you know, what a classy move by the Texas Rangers to give this kid something to smile about after he's just been dealt a really tough hand of cards since his uh, collision on March 6th. Yeah, that's it's an awesome story. And, you know, it must just be so cool for that kid too, to, to put that hat on knowing, hey, I'm a Ranger, you know, and uh, that's pretty awesome. So, yeah, great move by them. And uh, it's cool to see that, that organizations are still out there doing neat stuff like that. So I love it. I tip my hat. My cowboy hat and my baseball hat to Nolan Ryan, the owner of the Rangers, and to his uh, team there. I think that was a great move this week. All right, I want to ask you to fill out our survey at sportsbusinessradio.com. We're trying to learn more about who listens to our show, who's reading our blog, how are you engaging with Sports Business Radio. Go on to our website, sportsbusinessradio.com. You'll see the survey. If you fill it out, you'll be automatically entered for a chance to appear on this show. You get to sit behind this microphone and control the show for a segment. You can promote your brand, promote your school, promote whatever you're doing. Go online and fill that out. I'm on Twitter, at SB Radio. I want to thank Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, Jared Melzer, Darren Peck, Ron Barr, James Harris, and Doug Zanger. Have a great week. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. We'll talk to you next week right here on Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is David Stern. He's the commissioner of the NBA. It is always a pleasure, Brian. Bill Hancock, he's the executive director of the Bowl Championship Series. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. My guest is Mickey Loomis. He's the executive vice president and general manager of the world champion New Orleans Saints. Pleasure to be with you guys. Mr. Allen, thanks for joining me. Thank you. My guest is Mark Emmert. He's the president of the NCAA. Oh, happy to join you. My pleasure. My guest is Eric Spolstra. He's the head coach of the Miami Heat. Brian, appreciate it. Glad to, uh, glad to be on the show. Mr. Nicholas, it's an honor to have you on Sports Business Radio. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Brian. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our free iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio.